Welcome back, everyone, to the latest episode of The Back Peg, our regular series, our second episode for 2024. Mm-hmm. And, Laz, you and I have been speaking a lot this past week. We have indeed. We have indeed, Nathan. We've spoken so much, I have to put my teeth back into my mouth because <laughs> I can't even speak straight. Pleasure to have your company again, and pleasure to have all the Back Peg listeners join us and download us. And... Uh, Interesting week in football. Interesting week in football. It uh, certainly is. Mm. It's an interesting week in prospect ahead as well because uh, we've been speaking so much, Mr. Gramos, because of all our AFCON and Asian Cup previews. We've interviewed half a dozen guests mm-hmm. as a part of that series, so I do stay tuned for that. Uh, I think this pod will come out on Thursday and then the uh, Asian Cup pod on Friday and the AFCON pod on Saturday. So uh, no shortage of content uh, from this stream over That's the right. next uh, couple of days. Um, but, Laz, it's been a very interesting week in football indeed. We had the third round of the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. We had some transfer news. We had lots of A-League news and some uh, speculative things as well, which we'll save yes. for towards the back end of this episode. Sure. Um, but where shall we begin? Uh, we have to mention the passings of two great football personalities and in Mario Zagallo and Franz Beckenbauer. They passed uh, within the last 48 hours and... Um, Yes, so condolences to their families but and their loved ones, um, but loss to the football family. Um, you know, they've been significant characters of world football. And, yeah, it's, um, look, it's just a shame, but uh, life does move on. And, you know, we will always have their uh, traits and their history in football to uh, look back on because the Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer, uh, just a silky player, incredible talent and, you know, captained his nation to a World Cup victory in 74, you know, was a star in the 1970 World Cup, went to the New York Cosmos, coached Germany uh, in the 1986 and 1990 World Cup finals, uh, you know, ran Bayern Munich uh, as an administrator for a while. Mario Zagallo won the World Cup as a player and won the World Cup as a coach for Brazil. So, um, you know, that record says it all. Yeah, very much so. Both those individuals able to win a World Cup as a manager and a player is an amazing feat. Only been done by one other person in Didier Deschamps, which shows just how much of an achievement it is and how rare it is. And we've always got their memories of what they've been able to achieve on the pitch, in the dugout, but also we can live with their influences on the game because they are wide-reaching. And uh, Franz Beckenbauer, in particular, I think, alongside Johan Cruyff, is perhaps the fathers of the uh, the modern game, which Mm -hmm. we enjoy now. And their influences on football have been far-reaching and uh, something that we can uh, enjoy for many, many years and decades to come. Yeah, well said, Nathan, well said. But um, FA Cup, round three. And we had Copa del Rey in Spain and, yes, Copa Italia and a whole heap of other things. Yeah. And uh, it's a bit of a cup weekend around Europe. That's right. But there's only one place to start. There's only one. say with a big big grin on your face. One place to start, (laughs) and that's the Stadium of Light. After weeks and weeks of me bigging this up as a, yeah. a downfall of the tune. Yeah. Yeah, you've been you you've been pushing that barrow for so long. Yeah, I've been manifesting and, this. And, and um I was glad to see that it didn't come to re- to fruition and it didn't come to reality. Um and you know, it's listening back to a couple of the things that you've said in over the last couple of weeks with regards to Eddie Howe and, and this game, right? And yep. Newcastle United. Um I think you're on Newcastle United an apology, Nathan, and Eddie Howe in particular. But 
that's will not... apologise for absolutely nothing. No, that's right. Of, of course not. <laughs> Typical Man U supporter. <laughs> you know, with Fernandez having a you know having a dive in the penalty box against Wigan for goodness sakes. But anyway, uh, you know how people say no face, no case, no VAR, no worries. Oh jeez, oh, <laughs> that is just as bad as the Jonah penalty against Liverpool, <laughs> like from Liverpool against Newcastle. That's how bad that was. It was terrible. <laughs> right, it's a disgrace, absolute disgrace. I'm not going to quote Alan Shearer again, but anyway. You might as well do. <laughs> <laughs> Effin and uh, Jeffin, right? Effin and yep, Jeffin. Effin and Jeffin, indeed. Uh, uh, but to the look, stadium a light, Laz. It, was, it yeah. was a good performance from Newcastle. It looked like a Premier League side against the Championship team. and It did. Yes, the goals came about through defensive errors, mm. be it a penalty, an own goal, and the Sunderland centre-back just dilly-dallying on the ball, waiting mm. to be dispossessed. It was three opportunistic moments for Newcastle, mm-hmm. but you have to be there to take them and... Correct. Uh, there they were. Correct. And look, they created enough chances outside of those to be uh, deserving of the three points, not three points, the win. win in the tie mm. and getting into the fourth round. Absolutely. Uh, look, there's a couple of interesting stories that have come out from uh, this tie, particularly with yes. the uh, the bar, which we covered Correct. extensively on British Football Watch on yeah, Saturday but, night. But for those that didn't listen, mm. I mean, they, they would have seen it on social media, but it's a heck of a yeah, story. It is. Right? It's a great story. You know, so um, the fact that Sunderland wanted to charge 750 Geordies, 600 pounds a pop, uh, but for the corporate area because Sunderland wouldn't have access to it because of the amount of tickets that were sold for that whole North Stand, um, they decided that, uh, well, we've got to do something hospitable for these uh, 750 supporters. So let's turn the corporate hospitality place over to Newcastle United so they can actually run it and protect Sunderland's asset just so that it wouldn't get vandalised <laughs> because the guys are paying seven, you know, 600 pounds a head uh, and are probably, you know, they're not gentrified at all. They're going to just be animals and just decide to deface uh, all of Sunderland's property. Seriously. But they got the best thing. They got the best uh, treatment after that because they let Newcastle United decorate that area of the, the ground. And boy, did Newcastle United decorate that area of the ground. Yep. Very subtle. Don't need a second invitation. No, very subtle. Kept the colours neutral as was requested, but the definition of neutral was, uh, you know, take, you know, it was taken a bit of liberty with. But, well, um, black and white are neutral colours, so. There you go. That's right. And a bit of spelling with regards to stickers, you know, like, you know. Hawaii uh, and Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes. That's correct. Correct, correct. So absolutely brilliant from Newcastle. The speed at which how you know how fast that news travelled and those images were on social media were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have got away with it in the eighties. That's right. All that being said, um, yeah, terrific uh, away end support for Newcastle United, and you know, there's uh, definitely a bit of uh, shithousery there because the instead of the team photo being taken in the dressing room, it was taken in front of the whole crowded away end and the just club, to rub it in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the club did issue black and white scarves to every supporter that travelled because effectively um, the Newcastle United supporters were escorted in and escorted out of Sunderland. They weren't allowed to make their own ways there. Mm, so Yes, uh, to uh, avoid any chance of uh, a flare-up before Correct. or after the game in the streets of Sunderland. Uh, but Newcastle, well worth the win, well worth their advance into the fourth round. And... Uh, Really, it's 
a good opportunity for Newcastle to uh, make a run and actually uh, do something with this season. Mm. They need to turn their league form around. City the weekend's not going to help. No, that's um, right. And Villa the next round. Yeah, you know, again, yeah. not helpful. <laughs> but it is. Um, but you got to play is. them sooner or later. Correct. Correct. Look, and uh, uh, look, Newcastle, if they can't turn their form around, then the FA Cup is their their season effectively. Correct. Uh, they've got Fulham in the next round away at uh, Craven Cottage. So you would make Newcastle favourites for that. Yeah, look, it's not going to be an easy time, but yes, well, you know they should they should account for Fulham. Um, what do you make of Arsenal Liverpool? I'm surprised that Arteta rotated as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Liverpool um, didn't rotate. Klopp did went they? stronger. Yeah, no, Klopp went stronger, and they were deserving again of a win and advancement. It was great the scenes at the end of the game with the supporter getting on the pitch and Darwin Nunez giving him the, the head slaps and Canate <laughs> ripping his hat, hat off and chucking it away. <laughs> Good scenes. Um, but again, Arsenal, just they're in this malaise now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Is it a malaise? That's being too kind. They're in a rut. Yes, and the ructions are starting to come out of AFTV again. <laughs> yes. He has to go, blood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I think they've got to stick with Arteta and, but they need to back him and he needs a striker. They need a striker. Is Ivan Tony the answer? Tony won't go. Brentford have made, Tony, it, I, Brentford really? have made it clear that it's, they want three figures. Well, yeah. Okay. I think Tony would go if an offer in summer, was accepted. The, yeah. In summer, not this time now. Mm, yeah. Cause it's a big risk to sign him in January. Mm. And it's a big um, risk. He said that effectively on a podcast, uh, with, um, Darren Lewis. Recently, mm. uh, yep. So in recent days, so he feels like he owes Brentford something. So it looks unlikely with Thomas Frank saying that the offer would have to be in excess of a hundred, and he's not worth that. No, so he's not worth that anyway. Yeah. So well, I know transfer fees, particularly for English players, are massively inflated. But mm. Ivan Tony is not a three-figure striker. I'm sorry, he's not. And um, the question then remains: Who do Arsenal go and get instead? Rasmus Hoyland um, might be on, on the market soon, mate. <laughs> well, he can't score. Arsenal need a goal scorer, less. <laughs> uh, what is going um, on with United, Nathan? Yeah, still, struggle street. Like, you can't put that much stock into an FA Cup third-round tie against a lower league team. You can't get too carried away with a good performance. You can't get too despondent with a negative one. But it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. United had 32, 33 shots, most of the measure of the box, speculative efforts. And, like, in essence, to get past, if I can apply the same logic to Newcastle getting over Sunderland, United needed a penalty mm. and an edge of the box curler from a fullback to get past Wigan. And surely when you go 2 0 up against that level of opposition, you just spend the rest of the game just trying to set up the striker or the forwards, like, effectively, like if you had a make a wish kid in the team, like, just try and get him a goal. And, it would have been the perfect opportunity for Rasmus Hoyland to uh, continue uh, getting the goals. Yes, I know he's got some in the Champions League, but just one in the Prem, one goal against English opposition this season is uh, a poor return, no matter which way you cut it. Yeah. And, like, again, I'm surprised Ten Hag didn't play uh, Bindi in net. I know they negotiated the uh, late release for Onana to go to Cameroon for the African Cup of Nations, but still, he's going to go anyway. Mm. Why wouldn't you play Bindi against Wigan? Like, I think that says a lot about Tenag Onana in particular, about insecurity that uh, his spots up for grabs and lack of faith in your your second choice goalkeeper. What's the point of finding him then if you're not going to play him in the FA Cup? Very true. Very true. 
Those other stories from the FA Cup third round, nice that um, Maidstone got through. Yeah, I tipped that one. Yeah, you did. Non-league team. Yeah, I tipped that one. Great story. Yeah, it is a great story. And um, who did they get in the fourth round? I can't recall off the top of my head. Oh, good question. Good question. I know, man, you've got a uh, lower league opponent again, conveniently. Yes. Manchester United have been drawn against the winner of uh, Newport or Eastleigh, who are another non-league team. Another non-league team. Who uh, had you know? Who've got to play a replay? So, man, you could go away to Eastley. Yeah, how good's that? I hope. How Eastley, good would that be? I hope yeah. Eastley get up, and then I hope, um, you know, um, look, Eastley might decide to give Man U um, the home game, so that that way that way could they can uh, access the gate, I guess, because they would be the home team effectively. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if Eastley can get in. Manchester mm. United have never played Newport or Eastley mm. ever, mm. so one for the uh, the the history book, so to speak. And there you go. for those into the NFL, it'll be a scoregami, no matter what happens. <laughs> a result that's never happened before. Um, that's right. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Maidstone; they've been drawn against uh, Ipswich in the fourth round. That's right. Yes, who uh, got through? Correct. Um, and that'll be and again Maidstone uh, host them for the. Uh, no, it's at, no, it's it's at, at Portland Road. It's at Portland Road. Right. At Ipswich. Um, yeah. But we've gone over this in the past, lads, and I'm going to bring it up again. With the FA Cup third round, they should do away with replays. And They're not going to, Nathan. Yeah, they should. The only they reason they keep them around is for it's a, it's a payday for the lower league teams. But the way you get around that is, say, in the next round, Manchester United gets Eastley. Give Eastley the choice. They can either have it at their ground or they can take the game to Old Trafford. And if they choose to take the game to Old Trafford, then just give them 100% of the gates for the game. Give them 100%. Give them all the gates. Manchester United don't need gate receipts from a fourth round ever cups high against Eastley. Agree with you, Nathan. No, I just agree Just give with it you. to them. Like, yep. Agree with you. And, and decide on the, the day. That's the best of both worlds. Yep. Yeah. Decide on the day. Go straight to penalties. Oh, no. Play extra time, but then go to penalties. Yeah. No, play extra time. You've got to play extra, extra time. T- extra time's a waste of time. No, it's not. Play extra time. You've got to extra play time's extra a waste time. of time because both teams just go so conservative. Yeah, both teams effectively play for penalties. Things, you never see teams go hell for leather in extra time. Things can happen in extra time, though. Got to play extra time, not go straight to penalties. I'm sorry. It's a waste of time. <laughs> okay, then make the game, you know, like add on 20 minutes injury time. So that way we can just, you know, just go at each other and that's it. Seriously. <laughs> and don't stop and, and don't stop for, uh, you know, for full time. Just play additional time. <laughs> and, but just make it like a 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Just oh, yeah. so they well, can, we'll get to that anyway. Just so, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> just so they can get have a go at each other. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. Because you're right. As soon as you go, okay, well, we're going to play for penalties now. No, just just go, okay, minimum 15 minutes injury time. Find a winner. Get it done. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Laz, other English-UK football news. Mm. Uh, bring up uh, Aston Villa. Okay. I thought you were going to go Timo Werner. He's coming. Don't worry. He's okay, coming. Sure. But we've got some new news. Okay. Fresh news, uh-huh. which uh, I'm giving priority. Um, much talked about their deal with uh, Castor, yes, and how the players hate the kits. Yes, it looks as though uh, Aston Villa are going to land an Adidas deal wow. moving forward. Okay, that's interesting. I don't think they've ever mm. been with Adidas Villa. I don't ever remember them. No, no. And not, look, not it's a bit of an upgrade on Castor. Yeah, well, I don't know why people are um, anti-Castor. I mean, um, you know, Newcastle. I don't speak highly about it, but obviously, um, you know, they're going to Adidas next season. Um, but they're in plenty of teams and um, and other sports as well. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, two out of three Premier League teams have dropped them now, Newcastle and Villa. Wolves and, have still got them. Yeah, Wolves have still got them. They're, they're the uh, ones that are hung around. I think it comes down to like the quality of the kids. The players don't like because they're not stretchy enough. They don't breathe enough. And just watching the games, <laughs> cast all kit, the players look like they're sweating as soon as they walk out on the pitch. Fair enough. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I would so, have thought they, you know, they would have, Castle would have uh, worked on that. So you'd think they'd be they, desperate to find a solution because uh, yeah, no, their I biggest agree. clients are leaving them. Correct. I agree. I agree with you, Nathan. Um, but the uh, Villa supporters who uh, like to buy football kits, they'll be uh, very happy to get a fresh Adidas one next season. And uh, Adidas yeah. are my choice of kit make as well. I, I think they do the best in terms of designs, yeah. in terms of fit as well. Yeah, I don't recall. Um, I don't recall Villa ever being with Adidas before, but there you go. Mm. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I'm sure it'll be a decent deal as well because mm. uh, Aston Villa doing so well in the league that potential Champions League incentives as well built into that. So it's a, a very good deal for the club. Very good deal for the club. Let's, let's talk about Timo Werner. Okay. So Timo On Werner. his way to uh, Tottenham. Yeah, the Chelsea and supporters are not happy. No, they are not happy indeed. <laughs> oh, well. The uh, the former Chelsea player who, uh, yes, he was liked at Stamford Bridge. Overwhelmingly liked, I think. But it was yes. more like a, almost like a pity relationship. Like, not because he was very good, but because he was uh, always offside and always spooning chances. It was a case of, uh, oh, go on, Timo, go on, get a goal. Mm. <laughs> he seems pretty likable, to be fair. Oh, I agree um, with you. But uh, Ange has a, a big project. The, uh, the resurrection of Timo Werner. He does. But he, he didn't... The Chelsea supporters are acting as if he went straight from Chelsea to Spurs. Mm. Yeah. And they need to get a grip of themselves. Seriously. <laughs> or maybe they have been. But, um, <laughs> but yes, um, that's ridiculous, the uh, outrage. The guy's a professional footballer. Yeah. Wants to go back to the Premier League. There's a loan deal that's been organised between his current employer and Spurs. So... Let's just wait and see what happens. And I think it's a good move for Spurs and for Timo Perna. Because he was fourth choice now at Leipzig this season. Like he's really fallen off mm. in terms of his standing. And uh, Openda has been absolutely brilliant for them, upfronting his position. So he needed a move in January, Timo. Mm. And I, he might play off the left while Son is away at the Asian yeah. Cup with Richardson up front. Yeah. Uh, but then when Son comes back, I'd imagine it's the end of... Pigeon in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think you're right there. Uh, but look, if Ange can get Timo Werner firing imagine, again, imagine if then, Ange does that. Jeez. Yeah. Huh. It's it'll be a, a real feather in his cap because he he was shocking at Chelsea and he's yeah. been shocking at Leipzig since he's gone back there. Yeah. He doesn't look like the same player, so uh, there is a job there. But if he can do it, then it's a massive uh, boon for him. And look, I kind of expect him to do it. To be honest, the football that Spurs play, the the space that he'll get chances that he'll get. I, I think it'll just happen. I think so too. Yeah, I think it'll just happen. Speaking of um, Chelsea needing a striker there, uh, mm. see, Osman isn't going anytime soon because he's just uh, signed a, another deal with Napoli. He has. He has. And uh, the, there's been some rumours about uh, him going to Saudi Arabia and I think it was uh, Varshelia's agent who was talking him up to go to Saudi Arabia and I uh, I saw today, Ossie Bennett uh, fought back saying uh, he needs to shut up and oh, no, stop spreading rumours. He's a horrible person, things like that. <laughs> it's not great when another player's agent is spreading rumours like that. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Let me yeah. find this quote uh, because I was uh, pretty shocked when I saw it. it. just doesn't make sense, does it, really? 
It shouldn't. It shouldn't be saying anything. Hey, here we go. Osimhen has replied to uh, Varashkelia's agent, who stated that Nigeria will be headed to Saudi Arabia this summer. Mm. Uh, and Osimhen replies and says, "You are a piece of filth and a disgrace. <laughs> I am embarrassed <laughs> at your sense of reasoning. Oh, Dumb geez. fuck. Keep my name out of your mouth." <laughs> uh, uh, that just uh, go, you know, goes ahead and makes it pretty clear, doesn't it? It does. Two sides. Um, I don't think he's going to Saudi Arabia for one. <laughs> uh, no, and for two, someone needs to take his socials off him too. Uh, probably not now. Mm, yeah, much probably. like uh, they took Wayne Rooney's Twitter off him. Correct. <laughs> um, Correct. I think Correct. someone needs to do the same thing because uh, Ossiman is uh, putting himself out in uh, avenues that I wouldn't think is uh, too wise as a professional no, footballer. No, that's true. That's true. That's very true. Um, where did you want to go now, Nathan? Uh, good question. Good question. Um, we can talk about more transfer news, I think. Okay. All right. Was Kylian in... Mbappe to Real Madrid. Oh, still come running. on. For goodness sakes. You're not doing that to me, are you? <laughs> it looks like it's happening. Yeah, okay. But it's a big news. It's... No, 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 no. It's Yes, it is. But it's not worth talking about right now. I think right. it is because it looks like no. it's going to happen. <sighs> this is arguably the best player in the world leaving on a free to go to Real Madrid at long last. Okay. We knew that was going to happen. <laughs> we, we we really did. It's not, you know, am I, it's been, this is the third go at it. Mm. Third right. time's a charm. It seems that way, but jeez, oh, I, I just don't want to give this thing any more, um, any more space than, you know, or any time that's more than what it's required. It's just, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, he, I'm, you know, if he comes, great. If he doesn't, well, what do you do? <laughs> Let me start that again, Nathan. You seem to think this is a big always, deal. Always help me press the button. <laughs> <laughs> I press the button, Nathan. You seem to think this is a big deal. It is, sure. But, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm in Bappe to Real Madrid. Out, right? It's going. To, it will happen. Um, but then again, it would surprise me if it didn't happen. All right, and he goes back to Paris to his Qatari paymaster and say, "Hey, throw me more control of the club. Throw me more control of the money, and I'll stay and I'll win you a Champions League in Paris." And that's never <laughs> going to happen. So, look. no. Look, the guy's turning twenty six, I think, this year, and is he really that old for him? Is he really I think that so. Old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There and you go. We've talked about this in the in the past. I think for his legacy, he needs to move. I agree with you. Because he's not going to win a Ballon d'Or at Paris. He's not going to win a Champions League at Paris. No. Sure, he's got a World Cup, but that will be his only career highlight for one. You can win as many Ligoons as you want, but no one's going to remember you for winning seven Ligoons and a couple of Coups de France, and and that's about it. Tacked onto a World Cup, everyone will focus on the World Cup, but Kylian Mbappe was uh, 20, I think, for that tournament, and um, he needs another highlight in his career, in uh, in his locker. That and, he does. Uh, he'll definitely get the opportunity to do that at Real Madrid. Laz, we will move on. Yep. So I can uh, see you're uh, not so interested in uh, Kylian Mbappe anymore. No, no, no. I'm, well. I'm, I'm actually bringing up something here that um, happened during the week. But um, oh. whilst you're whilst we were looking at um, or talking about Kylian Mbappe, um, uh, Copa del Rey. Yep. Um, okay. Big exit from Copa del Rey in the round just gone. Villarreal been bundled out on penalties to third tier Unionistas de Salamanca. Wow. 7-6 on penalties. 
um, at Salamanca's home ground, capacity 5,000. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, a how, real I giant mean, killing. You don't, yep. you didn't see any in the FA Cup third round, but uh, good to see the, the giant killing still happening on the continent. And you, I did post on the Instagram story yesterday. I don't know if yeah if people managed to see it. When I say yesterday, I, was, I think it was Tuesday, um, early this week, where Sevilla had to play their Copa del Rey game. And um, that was uh, interesting um, because it was, again, a non-league equivalent side in Spain. It just looked fantastic that Seville had to play there. Yeah, that's the beauty of a cup, isn't it? And, Absolutely. Uh, we love those moments, particularly if the uh, smaller team gets up. You just have to look at Saarbrücken yep. in Germany. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, it's a fantastic moment when that happens. It's just, it's just great mm. to see the big teams go to the small teams. And Correct. To go back to a previous point, there should be more benefits to the small team. Yes, it's great to have a, a big fish arrive and you get a, a packed-out stadium which, depending on the size of the event, you can see up for some time. Correct. But there should also be extra benefits to that as well, the luck of the draw, and uh, there should be more commercial and financial benefits than just uh, getting a full house. There should be some extra extra incentive in there as well. Uh, Les, a couple other uh, highlights from uh, the Cup weekend. We should mm-hmm. talk about Patrick Bamford's goal. We didn't mention it. Oh, no, we didn't mention that. What a goal that was. Screamer. That is, oh, jeez. That was just exquisite football. That was exquisite mm. football. And I happened to see... Have you see... seen the, the uh, alternate angle? I was going to say. I actually... Mm. Yes, I have. That is brilliant. That is <sighs> brilliant. And I think actually... I'm not sure if I... I must have saw... Somebody must have actually posted on LinkedIn and I shared it that way. I'll see if I can find an Insta and post it on Insta because that was just unreal. Exquisite football all around. And it's just... Jeez, I enjoy football like that. That's why you love the game. You see something like that kind of finish was just quality. Goal of the... Goal of the round, no doubt, and goal of the year contender. Yeah. Has to be. That, that'll be in the Pushcast nominees, I'm sure. It has to be. When it rolls around. Surely, Nathan, it has to be. I mean, yeah. the quality of the play is be. just, you know, just incredible. Mm. And the actual finish to the move as well, the, the chest down, the spin oh. and the and the hit, just amazing, 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 amazing. Absolutely. Um, Dominic Cavan-Lewin had his uh, red card overturned, and rightly so. Rightly so. How on earth can the on-field ref and the VR arrive at that decision to send him off is uh, beyond me. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Right, it should have been overturned, and I'm glad they've done that because it was a terrible decision. Terrible decision. Um, yeah. But it, it's – I'll tell you what, just going back to cup football, you got to love it. Absolutely have to love mm. it. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, sixth division revel in Spain in France did not uh, enjoy PSG's trip there. But the fact that they, they were didn't drawn sc- to enjoy the scoreline, no, they didn't enjoy the scoreline. It was nine nil. <laughs> yeah, but but they enjoyed actually having them uh, visit their club, which is fantastic to see. Um, and Bar- Barcelona just got away with one. Yeah, yeah, they um, they managed just to um, escape Barbastro. They went away to Barbastro um, and. One three two, so with uh, assist of a penalty goal, of course. But there you oh, go. Well. well, a win to win as long as you get in the hat. That's all that matters. It's not how you win; it's that you win in a cup competition. Very true, Nathan. Very true. But um, um, should we go elsewhere? Has, yes, we shall. Do you want to head home? Sure, let's head home and let's talk about the biggest story in Australian football this past week, which is it is the uh, the knee of uh, one Sam Kerr. That is the biggest story in Australian football this week. 
unfortunately, in a, uh, a warm weather training camp in Morocco for Chelsea. The news came out uh, early on uh, Monday morning that uh, Sam Kerr has uh, done her ACL. Terrible, um, terrible news. It, We're waiting it, to see on how just how bad it is. If it's a full tear, then she's looking at uh, a year, up to a year, 10 to 12 months on the yep. sideline, out for the Olympics. Yep. Well, either way, out for the Olympics now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the Olympics in July? August. But August. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah. You wouldn't risk her. I wouldn't risk her. Um, hopefully... And uh, out of contract for Chelsea this season. I would imagine they give her a renewal. Uh, at the uh, very least, uh, just for rehabilitation reasons, but surely. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue yeah. because also her partner's just moved to London um, and has been signed by uh, West Ham. So mm-hmm. I don't think London leaving London will be an issue. Um, yeah. Well, leaving Chelsea is different well, to leaving, leaving London. Che- well, that's true. But look, chances are she's in, you know, Chelsea will have her, right? Could Arsenal... Uh... Pop in a cheeky bid, possibly, but I don't see it. I know they just signed Alessia Russo, but Sam Kerr is available. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Look, um, look, let's just wish Sam Kerr all the best. Hopefully, she has a speedy yep. recovery. Um, but with regards to that, I, look, everyone's mourning about um, Sam Kerr and the knee injury and the impact it's going to have on the Matildas. I think the team uh, will be okay. Um, they showed that during the World Cup. In fact, it might even force Tony G's mixtape to come up with a different remix because, um, yes, playing Route 1 to Sam Kerr is no longer an option. No, and it's interesting who uh, comes into the team. Uh, Perhaps we'll see Mary Fowler up front Mm. and you see uh, Ford in the number 10 role and then Mm -hmm. have Vine left and Raza right, perhaps. That seems like the most easy fix, but perhaps... Uh, Tony G is cooking up a, uh, a something uh, from left field, which would be always nice because I always like it when managers surprise with what they come up with. Has Tony G ever surprised you? The only surprise that he's done with me is that he actually doesn't pull a surprise. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I live in hope. <laughs> okay. You you do that. Um, does, I, does a door open for uh, Sophie Harding? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Or Chloe Lagazzo? Not for Chloe, unfortunately. Mm. But for Harding, yes. I mean, look. She's in uh, real fine form this season for Western Sydney. Yeah, she is. Um, yeah, I don't see Chloe Lagazzo. She's more of a midfielder rather than an out and out striker. Yeah, you can rejig the team. and you, you could. But look, I think Fowler as a striker would be the way to go, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Ford to, you know, on the left, you know. You could put Ford behind her as well, but I think behind Fowler, but I think Ford will be on the left. And um, uh, Hayley Russell on the right, it might open up for Chids to play a 10, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> I'd like it, but I don't see it happening. I, I'd like it, but I don't see it happening because he just doesn't do it. No. So, but um, let's just see how, how the Matildas news, how the Matildas go against Uzbekistan. Yes. They got to get to to the Olympics first. Correct, correct, indeed. But other Matildas news, uh, Nathan. Yes, Katrina Gorry, another Matilda on her way to London mm. to sign for West Ham. Yep. That's is that two or more than two Matildas going to London because um, Charlie Grant's gone to Spurs. Well, that's two so far that I make it this transfer yep. period. That's two this window. Um, we'll see if there's any more that turn it out. Mm. But 
West Ham signing an entire new midfield in their fight against relegation. They in, need uh, it. Gorry and um, Bills. Yes, they need it. Mm. They need it. They do. So uh, watch the space for West Ham women, that's for sure. Indeed, indeed. Mm. Let's head to the A-League, Les. A-League and the Unite round, Nathan. Indeed. The uh, much-anticipated Unite round is happening this week and Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every game in the A-League men and A-League women will be at one of Parramatta Stadium, Moore Park, or Leichhardt Oval. Yeah. And yeah. there's double headers uh, all over the gaff. Yeah. And so should we just go through that? We shall. But uh, at the offset, yeah. I'll say, Les, that... Um, because United Rounds come about because there was a significant pushback on the initial deal for the grand final. Decision. Just let it go for goodness no, sakes. No, 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 no. This is this is this is a, a call to arms, so to speak. Fair enough. Is, is how I'm pitching this. Oh, okay. And so, look, yep. the the grand final decision was rightly pushed back against and, and uh, rightly reversed. And Correct. in its place is this Unite Round, which Correct. is a uh, much more Amicable offering, palatable, perhaps palatable, sure, uh, for the uh, the football community and uh, getting the uh, government support. And the thing is, Laz, everyone in Australian football is begging for government assistance when it comes Correct. to the game, be it at grassroots, be it at yep. professional level. Yep. Here we have something on the table mm. that most people can get behind. Yep. That is government backed, and I think really. This needs to be a uh, proof of concept for mm-hmm. government assistance for football and government funding for football at a professional level. Because if this doesn't work out, then I think moving forward, like people with money are going to look at the alien and say, what's the point? We don't get a return. So if you're able to travel, if you're able to get out to games, do this weekend, whether it be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, be it all three if you're super keen. Yep. Uh, because really, I think Australian football needs this to be a success. Ah, oh, look, no, no doubt, Nathan, it's easier for the football public to digest this as it is more palatable, pardon the yep. pun. Um, but yes, it's definitely a lot um, easier for for the football fraternity to uh, to get around. And look, if it's about repaying the faith, well, hopefully that can be done. Um, you know, this does have the government uh, backing on it. So the state government in New South Wales, hopefully there are people that do travel from interstate for it. Um, I think there will be. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers will look like. Hopefully, people can get around it. Hopefully, people can get around yep. it. Um, so, Hopefully. I think there is some things to iron out regarding this concept. I think it would have been nice for them to do something with the Socceroos against India on Saturday night. Yeah, sure. But make it a that, triple header. Look, that's not going to be the case every year, though, right? No. So, um, yes, given that the Asian Cup does kick off this weekend. It would have been really good for that to happen. Um, obviously, the kickoff times are reflecting that as well because uh, 8 o'clock Saturday and 7.45 on Saturday night for the women's game at Leichhardt Oval, you know, they'll be done by the time the uh, soccer is kickoff. Uh, yeah. Now, that being said, I think where they need to tweak it is to actually – and the trouble is, look, there's two things, two concerns I have. One is that we can't play, obviously, earlier on in the day because of the heat and contrasting or, you know, conflicting kickoff times, right? So tomorrow, not tomorrow, Friday, I should say, this coming Friday, we've got 5.30 p.m. Combank Stadium, MacArthur against Western United, right? At 5 p.m. across town at Leichhardt Oval, you've got Melbourne Victory Women's against Perth Glory Women. 
right? Now, I'm not saying to get to, you know, people would want to get to both venues or both games or what have you. However, what what I'd like to have seen done is maybe Thursday through to Monday, right? So Thursday night, fixture, Friday night, double header, right? A Saturday, you know, why not have a triple header on, on Saturday? Have a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, so do a five, seven and a nine, right? Um, and then do Sunday, you know, go Sunday and, and do a, again, it's school holidays or, you know, it's holidays. So if you're going to come to town for it, do it that way and actually have more um, opportunity for the games to have clear time. Because right now, this coming Friday, like I was saying, 5 p.m. kickoff at Leichhardt Oval in the women's, 5.30 in the men's across town. 7.45 for the women's at Leichhardt, 8.15 in Parramatta. You know what I mean? You're not going to see both games. No, you're definitely not. Right. And so there's also not really the an concerns. opportunity to see one at one ground and then the second at the other Correct. ground as Correct. well. You can't go from Parramatta to Leichhardt. Yeah, so it just needs a bit of tweaking. Of yeah, it needs a bit of tweaking, yeah. right? Um, Which I'm sure we'll get ironed out in uh, when yeah. they look back on this weekend. So why not? Uh, for in- I yeah. think generally oh, it's mm. run pretty well, like looking at it on the offset. Okay. It, as you say, the, the problem is that you have to pick and choose the grounds you go to. Correct. I'll, I'll, like I would have said, okay, MacArthur, five, like Monday. MacArthur Mondays. MacArthur mm. Mondays, right? So <laughs> why not actually have MacArthur have their home game at MacArthur? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're the kind of things. And and like I'll just spread it out uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But anyway, that's just me. Yeah. So we'll run through the games. Yep. On uh, Friday night in the uh, A-League men's at Combank Stadium, you've got uh, MacArthur and Western United as the first game and uh, Melbourne City, Western Sydney as the second. Be interesting to see the Wanderers uh, be the uh, away team at Combank Stadium. Yes. <laughs> um, and on Friday night at Leichhardt, you've got two matches in the A-League women, Melbourne Victory against Perth and Wellington against Central Coast. Uh, over to Saturday, back at Leichhardt for the A-League women. It is Canberra against Adelaide and Brisbane against Newcastle. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, evening, it's uh, possibly going to be the, the most attended set of fixtures, perhaps, I would say. Uh, Melbourne Victory Central Coast and Adelaide United against Sydney FC. A chance to see uh, Nestry, Aaron Kunder, of course, in Sydney. One of the final times, one of the final chances you'll get to see him before he leaves. And over on Sunday, they've done uh, some mixed days. So one match in the women, one match in the men. Uh, Sunday at Parramatta, you've got Melbourne City against Western Sydney in the women. And then Wellington against Perth in the men. And at Moore Park, also on Sunday, Western United against Sydney in the women, which is a grand final rematch. And in the men, you've got Brisbane against Newcastle. Uh, so each to their own for what they think will be the the most appealing out of those sets of fixtures. Uh, as I say, I think Saturday night will be the most attended uh, in yep. the men. Um, but hopefully everything and every setting gets a good attendance. Uh, I think I do worry a little bit about the um, Friday night games at Leichhardt. Yep, same. And the Saturday games, actually. Yeah. Um, but... Unfortunately, that's uh, just part and parcel of it, I think. It's and, uh, and, and, an opportunity yeah. to learn and grow with it. Correct. And and that's why I said I think just maybe spreading it out Thursday to Monday would have been best, perhaps. But anyway, that's um, that's by the by. Let's uh, wish everyone well, and hopefully the weekend is a success. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say I'm headed out to Parramatta for Friday night. So hit the double header. So hit up Nathan on his um, Twitter and uh, Instagram, and just or hit us up at the back peg, <laughs> and we, I can send him all the abusive messages. <laughs> uh, Laz, have you got uh, some games in mind that you're going to head out to, or not as of yet? Not as of yet. Not as of oh. yet. Uh, just depends on uh, family priorities this weekend because um, birthdays and so on. So yes. Cool. Uh, Happy birthday to uh, whoever it is. Yes. Um, but um, wait and see what happens. Maybe Sunday afternoon at Allianz. Who knows? Or um, yeah, yeah, maybe Sunday afternoon at Allianz. We'll see what happens. Play it by ear. Cool, cool. Les, other news in this part of the world. Uh, do you have news? I've got a, a couple of things. All right, go for it because I've got other up. things that will I'll, that'll take us around the world again. So there you go. Go for it. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, here in this part of the world. I think it's uh, a couple to take note of rather than mm-hmm. things that we'll go into too much detail over. Sure. Uh, one is uh, this interaction that uh, one Simon Hill has uh, involved himself with on Twitter. Oh, I've missed this because, you know, I'm not really a Twitter file, but mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> I'm not even going to go geez. and say the other word. <laughs> you know, file, uh, look, we say file, it's file, right, really? Because <laughs> it's a, it's from the word, the Greek word friend. Mm-hmm. A Twitter so, friend, huh? Yep, that's right. Or a tweet. Or a friend of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, friend, but yes, there you mm, go. Very good. Friend very good. of. Mm. Uh, so uh, Chris Edwards posed a question to uh, Simon Hill on Twitter. Right. Asking about any news for the uh, Canberra bid for expansion. Right. Citing the uh, lack of news. Mm-hmm. Uh, comparing and contrasting with Auckland, where we uh, seemingly can't get enough. Canberra's okay. going a little bit dry. Although they've been quiet for a little while, and Canberra going dry would be a would be a different concept. I could tell you. I wish they went dry a lot <laughs> lot quicker. Oh, sorry, you're talking uh, about this, you're talking about the football side. I'm talking about the yes, I'm talking about football teams. My, my, my apologies. <laughs> uh, and uh, the reply that Simon put out on Twitter, I think, is very interesting. Okay, go on. And Simon has said that he's not heard anything on Canberra for a while. But the next sentence is uh, rather interesting. Don't rule out Tasmania making a late charge for license 14. Mm. You know what? There might be something behind that. Mm. Now, now that I think of, think about it. I'd love an away day in Tassie. You might just get it, Nathan. You might just get it, Nathan, because there are a couple of Tony Pinata who's gone down to football Tasmania? Yeah, you re- it's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> I'm just jumping and stealing all your, all your mm. material, Laz. You're, you're, you're drawing... No, don't don't apologize. You're drawing conclusions, and they're probably right. And uh, look, would not surprise me because mm. because there's a very sharp operator there in one Tony Pinata, and that would be something of a coup. And wouldn't put it past Tony because he's a uh, like I said before, he's a very clever operator. So interesting that that's uh, on the cards. Yeah, I think very interesting indeed. I, as I say, I'd love an away day in Tassie, and I, I, think- I think it'd be awesome. I think it would be too. And mm. plenty of, uh, I think, A League supporters would be trying to iron that out, see if they can get a, a way day, a weekend down in, uh, be it Hobart, be it Launceston, wherever the team is based. It probably has to be Hobart. It would have to be um, Hobart. Maybe they do like um, West United a little bit and take some games around the state, play mm. in uh, Launceston in a couple of weeks. But uh, no, that'd be really enjoyable if it is to come to fruition. Uh, speaking of West United, they put out a statement this week reaffirming their stadium commitment. Yes, uh, I've seen that there's a new group involved as well. There is, and it looks like a $2 billion precinct. 
and facility is going to get built. The Western United Dream is about to take shape by the look of things, Nathan. Mm. Now, they've ironed out a deal set to be completed in uh, 2027, I think mm-hmm. I saw. Correct. Um, but if they can actually get it going, and I know there's been a lot of lot of statements made about this stadium and this team. Oh, it seems like this is going to be a really good thing for the club and for the league if it eventually gets going. I think I saw once the uh, the stadium gets all done and all the uh, housing development gets mm. completed in the area, mm. I think I saw within a two-kilometer radius there's 100,000 people that will be living in that area. That's unreal. So surely there's a an opportunity and a, a, a real chance there to build a significant supporter base. And Absolutely. It's and almost something you'd see in England, like a, a ground in the housing area. Look, they've got, all football clubs need their roots, or they need a home, right? They can't mm-hmm. be nomads. Um, if your if your club is a nomad club, you'd want to have a lot of backing and be very very successful. Mm. Um, and there is one club that is a you know was considered a nomadic club uh, in Australia, um, which is now a NSD club, but um, they're claiming that they've got roots in Belmore now, so. Hopefully they do, and good luck to them, mm. because they their history was full of nomadic um, nomadic ventures, should I say, because they were moving from home ground to home ground, and only the community yeah. supported them. So um, I think I don't have to mention the club's name, but I think everybody that's um, reading between the lines there. Yeah, I, I, it won't take much to uh, work out what club you're talking about there, Les. Exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, Les, one more news story for me in this mm. part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's a, a little uh, throwaway line that uh, mm-hmm. we may be reading too much into. But uh, Bill Foley was on a conference call this week. I missed it, and he was he was talking about his uh, assets, shall we say? Yep. And he referred to uh, the Auckland team as Auckland FC. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen if that's just a working title, a placeholder name, or perhaps indeed it will be called Auckland FC. I don't mind it, but I think. Considering that there's a club called Auckland City FC, mm-hmm. maybe a bit more delineation away from it would have been better. Perhaps, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And yes, you can't call it Auckland City. You can't call it Auckland United. Correct. Thankfully. I'm glad those <laughs> options are off the table because we've already got cities and Uniteds in the, in the A-League. We don't need or, another one. I would have gone with Auckland Athletic. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I don't go. have an issue with that. A bit of alliteration as well. The AAs. Mm, yep. So there you go. And you can't have the uh, Auckland Aces. I think they're a cricket team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I mean, that's a, a shit a name. Few... Really. That's a shit name, really. Yeah. But you know, that's alliteration for alliteration's sake. Yeah. But Auckland Athletic is. Uh, I think that could go. All right. Yeah, uh, I've seen some suggestion for uh, a Maori link. Yeah, so that'd be a good idea too. That's unique. Mm. That should be good. Um, but yeah, which I wait and see news on that and. Uh, also news for uh, some potential signings because we're getting into that time where they can start negotiating with players and agents for uh, those uh, with expiring deals. Well, they've made their first signing, Nathan, the coach. They have, yes. We didn't mention that last week. Bimby. Bimby, yes, Steve Corica. Bimby's come come back. Yes. You're not convinced. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I can tell from, if this was a video pod, people would be able to tell that straight away from the look Mm, on your face. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I think there's issues for mine. There's question marks, shall we say, uh-huh. regarding Bimby's talent okay. ID when okay. it comes to building a team as well as the style of football. Is it conducive to entertaining football to get bums on seats? I have my doubts. 
What about um, the fact that Terry McFlynn is the director of football operations there? Well, that might take care of the talent ID side, but I think so. It still leaves the uh, the style the... of football question. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, his football at Sydney was not exactly entertaining and free flowing attacking. Yeah, which he... I think you need as a new club. Sure, I agree with you. You want to your your thing is to entertain and yep. be close to the promotion, like to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I agree. I compare it. I consider Macarthur when they came in. They played very boring football in their first season or two. Mm. Very boring. It was possession-based. You just pass, 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 pass. Not many shots. And it's not conducive to getting people to go to games. No, I agree. Look, um, and in particular, yes, you wouldn't think that Sydney were uh, up to the moniker, and I don't think any Australian club can be now, considered Bling FC. Mm. Right? So, yeah, and Bling, you know, obviously – Induces an image of flamboyance, um, style, panache, success, all those kind of things. Steve was successful at times, but you could hardly, you, it would be hard to argue that they had panache and flamboyance. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take your point there. Anything else that you've got local? That's it. Okay. I've uh, run dry for uh, Aussie football news. Over cool. to you, Mr. Gromos. Uh, where shall we go? Where are we booking a flight to? We're going to Germany first, Nathan. Fantastic. News out of Germany. We go to the Euros? No. I'd love to go to the Euros, though. Just quietly. If if there's a sponsor, (laughs) you you know, sponsor the back peg going to Euro 2024. It doesn't even have to be the Euros, like Copa America as well. Or Copa America. Euros would be great, but I'll take Copa America too. And we could do a video (laughs) series. Yeah. And we would do a video series for sure. We could do anything. Well, (laughs) hey, steady on, right? I'm not going to have a promise here, but we definitely do promotions and, and video yep. ser- vlogs and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, just hit us up and we'll uh, discuss the concept. No problem at all. Bayern Munich are going after Xavi Alonso in the summer. Of course they are. Club wants to take advantage of the fact that uh, Carlo Ancelotti has signed his deal with uh, Real Madrid. So apparently the feelers are out for Xavi Alonso to make a comeback as a manager to Bayern Munich. Mm. Interesting. It makes a lot of sense. It does, doesn't it? Because, it does. I mean, anything that any team does that's half decent in the Germany, Bayern have to come through and uh, pick it apart and take what they want for themselves. Very true. Unfortunately, bit players, bit managers. I'd like to see Xavi Alonso hang around in Leverkusen beyond this season, but there might be too many suitors across Europe, be it Bayern, be it Paris, be it someone else. I want to go back to, I know there were... We were sick of talking about it, but I just found the perfect quote and sums up the way that I feel about Mbappé to Real Madrid. <laughs> and I'm going to quote Wolf RMFC, whoever you are, um, and I saw it on the Madrid Views on Instagram. All I'm saying is I'm not believing this Mbappé to Real Madrid rumors until I see him standing with his thumbs up in those awkward Sanitas medical videos. Now, if you've ever seen Real Madrid sign a player and they do the medical, they end up at this uh, lab or clinic, at the Sanitas clinic in uh, Madrid, and they're bloody awkward videos, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So, I can yes. imagine. So I agree with the Madrid views and uh, Wolf at RMFC. So they're my well, thoughts. People always say that uh, I don't believe a transfer room until I see them holding the shirt. Mm-hmm. But even that's not a guarantee. Not these days. Not these days. Uh, not even in the old days, because I remember um, 
John Obi Mikel was picked to hold their Manchester right. United shirt. Correct. Yeah. And uh, that fell apart and he went to Chelsea last minute. And uh, the same thing can be said about a club statement as well. Yes, very true. Because again, Manchester United had a club statement saying that they were had a agreed a deal and agreed a transfer for Aaron Ramsey. That didn't work out. Uh, dear. <laughs> dear ID. So I, I think what you have to say now is uh, I won't believe a transfer rumor until I see them out on the pitch wearing the shirt. No, I think if the miracle happens, it's all right. <laughs> okay. So um, it is the January transfer window period. And mm-hmm. uh, interesting to note that Luis Suarez has signed with Inter Miami. Yeah. Now the player announced or the player signing or the announcement of the signing is a great post, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it. I haven't. So um, Inter Miami have this uh, released this image of four boys wearing Inter Miami jerseys. You can't see their faces. They've got the numbers and names on the back. And it has uh, Busquets, number five, Jordi Alba, number third, uh, number 18, Messi, number 10, Suarez, number nine. And in Spanish, nada más lindo que jugar con amigos, which is nothing more beautiful than playing with friends. Very nice. Very it is nice. very, very nice touch, I have to say, in this and wholesome in this day yeah. and age. Speaking of wholesome, mm. the I wasn't aware of this, right? But in Japan, and I'm going to create a copper 90 with this. In Japan, mm-hmm. the high school tournament of football, the national high school football tournament there, this high school uh, football tournament gets crowds of in excess of 55,000. Wow. In a stadium. They play in the proper J-League stadiums. Wow. It's, it's like a, a college football thing in the States. It is incredible, Nathan. And yeah, how, wow. I've never seen it before. And um, how um, this hasn't come to pass, uh, like well, it hasn't been noted before, caught my attention is beyond me, but uh, just listen to this for a second. The annual winter Kokoritsu is the biggest amateur sports event in the country taking place during the winter school break. Students have the extra time to go all out. Country's biggest stadium is filled with teenage exuberance. Congrats to Aomori Yamada on their win. Four titles in eight years is something of a dynasty. After all, not many teenagers get to win the biggest football game of their lives in front of 80,000. That's amazing. And then we're talking about Australia competing against Japan. Yeah. In football terms. Yep. yep. Night and day, isn't it? Like, they have a really strong football culture in Japan, don't they? And so many good players and so much good support down the levels. Like, you wouldn't dream of getting 80,000 to any game in Australia. We are punching above our weight if when we're competing against that. We yeah. are, if, like in, in real terms. And I just hope that, that that fact alone, that point alone, encapsulates everything that we've said in the past about football and where we are as a game, as a sport, as a country, as far as this is concerned. It is that simple. It's day and night. Mm -hmm. Day and night. That's how serious the number one country in Asia takes it. And we're competing against that. Yeah, we Um, cannot compete against that. Like It is so different. And I make the J-League up there with the the best leagues outside of Europe and possibly the best league away from Europe. And MLS is close. Right, MLS is close. Mexico maybe, but you know, Japan would be um, in the top five outside of Europe. Yep, it's definitely the best in Asia, including Saudi Arabia. We'll, we'll see for how long. Come on. We'll see for um, how long. The Saudis will get it right eventually, right? Because they've got too much money for it not to. Uh, and and then like all... forget Jordan Henderson. Sorry. Right? Yeah, it yeah. seems like Jordan Henderson, Roberto Firmino, Karim Benzema—they're all second guessing themselves now. They all want to leave. Apparently, I don't know about Benzema. Henderson, definitely. 
No, yeah. um, Firmino doesn't want to go. It's the club that actually wants to get rid of him. Right. <laughs> so there you go. But the point is, like, Japan have such a good league, such a good football culture. Like, it's the 100-year plan, the much-fabled 100-year plan is something beyond the uh, organisational plan that we've ever seen here in Australia. And uh, I don't think we'd ever get to that sort of long-term planning and development here in this country. I, I just struggle to see it big time. And you say 80,000 for the high school final tournament outside of the Matildas, no game in Australia gets 80,000 people. It's nuts, isn't it? Yep. It's nuts. Um, your mate Paul Scholes has had a go, Jesse Lingard. <laughs> and rightly like, so. When are you going to get out of the gym and start playing football again? <laughs> yeah, all words to that effect with a bit yeah. more effing than Jeffing. Yeah. Uh, dear. Um MLS are discussing a promotion relegation system, which is a full credit to them. It's fantastic if they have, if they're doing it. It's got to be like within the MLS, but I would imagine. Well, you've got MLS A and MLS B. B, yep. It. I can't imagine you've got like North American Soccer League teams getting up into the MLS level. I don't think you'll ever see a full open pyramid like you do in Europe. Well, uh, it's going to happen eventually because you've got 30 teams in MLS. You can't add that much more without it just being ridiculous. So yeah, look, I think a split is coming. Split is coming, and if they get to forty, that's when it's going to come. Yeah, right. So, which is um, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, it's a very good thing. And provided we can uh, expand at the right times and get viable owners who uh, unfortunately have to have deep pockets because the clubs aren't sustainable themselves. Uh, hopefully, we can follow suit one day. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. The first ever stadium designer built specifically for women's professional sports will open in Kansas City this year. And it's a football stadium or soccer stadium. And it's $125 million, been described as a concrete commitment to the future of women's soccer in Kansas. So congratulations to whoever's involved with that, which is great to see. And the Kansas City yeah. Current is the name of the team. And they're um, going full ball with that, which is fantastic. Good luck to so them. So if you're a player who plays for the Kansas City current and then you leave. Are you then a, a Kansas City former? Oh, just stop. That's just wrong. And, and the thing is, you know that too. I've got another one too. Oh, no. Here we go. If you play up front for the um, Kansas City current mm. and a big floaty cross comes in, you'd be a, a Kansas City raisin, wouldn't you? Ah, dear. Okay, one last thing. <laughs> I'm not going to go on. I think, you, I think it's too late now and it's just... And I think this is a good way to end it. <laughs> Jose Mourinho Netflix documentary is on the way. Yeah, I saw this. The special one revealed the documentary in a press conference following Roma's recent victory against Cremonese. He loves a uh, a docuseries, doesn't he, Jose? Because he was the star of the Tottenham one. Oh, not by design, though. No, not by design, but he, he, fell, in he was. He fell into that. Yeah, and probably saw all the... Uh, Feedback he got from that and his role in that series and thought, eh, yeah, sure, why not do a Netflix series? It'll be good viewing, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. But um, there you go. There you have it. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else. I'll just see if there's anything else quickly that I've missed because yeah, cool. there, there were some, some really good things this week, actually, even though it was a quiet week on the football front. Oh, Les. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, here we go. This is it. This is it. Sorry, Nathan. Asian Cup. Right. We yep. uh, we should mention that we have been working on preparing the Asian Cup preview and the African Cup of uh, Nations preview. It's been released by your favourite friends at Opta, who worked out yeah. that yep. godforsaken XG stat. <laughs> 
that um, Australia's chances of winning the Asian Cup, where do you place them? Where do you place them? Well, I've got Australia going out in the quarterfinals to Saudi Arabia. So top eight? Top eight. So at, you, at you would, minimum eighth. Okay, so you would have them finishing between fifth and eighth, yeah? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, but if I'm looking at Opta, and because uh, what have they got a, a percentage chance of Correct. winning the whole thing? Okay. I think I've seen one for the uh, African Cup of Nations, but I haven't seen this one for Asia. Okay. Uh, Japan will be the favourites. Yes, they are. By some stretch. No, they're not. Really? Mm. Well, then the other the team in their um, competitor, the the closest rival, shall we say, mm-hmm. will be someone from the other side of the draw, maybe mm-hmm. it's Korea. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And there's only 0.3% difference. Between really? Yep. So they're saying that those two teams will make the final and it will be a coin flip. Correct. Effectively. Correct. Wow. Can't say I agree based on the, what, everything uh, we've oh. been going through the, uh, the oh. last week. I don't agree on their XG thing, so there you go. <laughs> but um, uh, Sometimes yeah. these percentages do come into play, like the roots of the final. Okay. Yes, that's like, true. Um, so, yeah. Okay. You ready? I'll go top. Go it goes top ten. I go from ten to one, and we'll end it on this. Uh, China tenth, two point two percent. Iraq ninth, two point four percent. Uzbekistan in eighth, three and a half percent. Come on, Uzbekistan. Sorry, two and a half percent. I should say two and a half percent. And I told you, eighth. <laughs> UAE in seventh, two point nine percent. Reigning champions Qatar nine point eight percent in sixth. That's on the proviso they win the group. Saudi Arabia in fifth, 10.6%. Yep. Australia in fourth, mm-hmm. 10.7%. And yeah, that's effectively a coin flip for that quarterfinal then. Correct. Iran in third, 11.2%. Mm-hmm. South, yep. South Korea in second, 14.3%. And Japan, for, sorry, my mistake. Japan have a 10.3% uh, on top of South Korea. My apologies. Ah, yeah, that, that uh, makes uh, more sense. I, I need my glasses. <laughs> yes, so Iran. No worry, lads. We've been speaking for about three and a half no, hours No, I know. No, Iran, 11.2%. South Korea, 14.3%. Japan, 24.6%. So yep. no, I need my glasses. I need to start wearing my glasses. <laughs> Note to self. Should we go on a Specsavers, huh? No, no, I've gone to Specsavers. I just don't wear them. <laughs> Um, you can take a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink, huh? Correct. But there you go. I don't wear them often enough when I use my phone because, you know, I try not to stay on the phone too much. But there you go. Mm. But there yes. you go, Mr. Grimos. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, the Unite round, mm-hmm. need to say. I'm not looking yes. forward to Newcastle playing uh, Manchester City. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go too well. Um, no, but hey, it is what it is, right? So, yeah, it was the game of the season last year. Look, it was, but I don't think it will be. West London derby, Chelsea Fulham. That'll be interesting. Yep. Um, we mentioned that the AFC Asian Cup and uh, AFCON are going to kick off, which is great. The return of the Bundesliga is back. So that'll be um, that'll be interesting. And um, you did, yeah, well, I think there's a derby in Spain, if I'm not mistaken, Nathan, that, um, that we yes. need to pay attention to as well. There's a Basque derby on this weekend. Mm. Athletic club against Real Sociedad, fourth mm-hmm. against sixth in La Liga. I think that's the uh, the game, the individual game of the weekend for mine. Yeah, it was, it's a derby and it's so impactful for the Champions League race. 
and uh, everything else that goes with that. It's uh, certainly top of my list for this weekend. I can agree with you that I'm looking forward to Unite Round, the start of the two international tournaments that uh, we'll be covering. So, so you're not looking forward to um, uh, to Spurs, Manchester United? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, at, least, uh, you know, at least you're being yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, maybe it might be the return of... Um, Casemiro and Lissandra Martinez, so uh, might be some green shoots for the rest of the season, but I think it might be a little bit rough on uh, the weekend for uh, Manchester United hosting Tottenham. Laz, there's also a back peg derby this weekend. Uh, is there? There certainly is. Okay, tell me about it. It's in England, Manchester United against Newcastle United. Uh, in the women's. In the women's FA Cup. FA Cup. Look, the women's, Newcastle women's are on the up and up. They're doing okay, but I suspect that... Um, You'll be like, you know, you'll be bragging about this one. <laughs> no, I won't be bragging. That doesn't sound like me. No, you will be. Uh, look, I've got to take the back big derby wins where I can get them. Yeah, but uh, they're few and far between <laughs> this year. I get it. Um, uh, but yes, that is also something I'm looking forward to this weekend. Sure. You know what I'm looking forward to? I mean, it'll be the, we'll know the results uh, by the time this episode drops, but um, the Madrid derby's on, but in Riyadh. Oh. Right. On tomorrow morning, the Spanish Cup, the Spanish Super yep. Cup, I should say. So Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid in one semi-final, and uh, Barcelona playing Osasuna in the other one. Why is it Osasuna? Uh, Copa del Rey. Ah, of course. Yep. Very good. Very good. So there you go. Laz, I think we've hit the back peg. We have indeed, Nathan. We have indeed. Pleasure, as always. No. Uh, listener, do check out the... Uh, AFCON Asian Cup previews that will be uh, coming to uh, your feed in the coming days. Uh, we uh, greatly appreciate any uh, feedback for those. Indeed. Uh, do check them out. We've uh, got a total of five guests, six guests perhaps, by mm-hmm. the time they uh, come out. We're uh, still pending some. Yep. Um, but uh, we've uh, laid down our predictions for those two tournaments. And yes, predictions are a, a fool's game at the best of times, but particularly for uh, the African Cup of Nations, it is uh, very much an open tournament. And uh, we're very much looking forward to covering it. So uh, hang around for those and hang around yeah. for regular backpack pods as well. Correct. And we'll speak to you soon. Thanks again, Nathan, for everything that you do for the pod. Thanks to all the listeners. Uh, and yes, it's looking forward to those episodes coming out. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch during the tournaments, uh, probably at the end of every you know match, uh, match day round. So round one and round two and round three and, and then into the knockout phases, but um, at the end of every knockout phase. So looking forward to uh, to covering those, but it's plenty of football in the meantime and uh, there'll be some normal back peg, like you said, Nathan. So looking forward to catching up with you on a regular basis over the course of uh, the coming weeks. And I'm um, going to be sick of talking to you in a month's time. There you go. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, no, God love no, you. no. God love you. Thanks, mate. Uh, Thank you for everything and uh, take care all. Enjoy the football.